With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. This is Behind the Steel Curtain Editor Dave Schofield coming at you again. It's Tuesday night. It's just after 9 p.m. Where else would you want to be if you actually want to talk Pittsburgh Steelers? And I have to say it with me, as always, except when he's not, is my big brother Rich. Rich, how's it going tonight? Uh, wishing I was breathing in back-to-back weeks, but it's just what? not to be. What, you're not breathing in? No. You know why? Can't do it. That's, That's right. why. Just can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. But, yep, that's just – it's what it is. Now, uh, man, this team, this team can frustrate you. Um, this It's just – it's one of those things of, of – think about it. Did you really <laughs> – did you really oh, oh. think that the Steelers were going to sweep the Super, the AFC representative of the Super Bowl this past year? Before the season, you would have said, yes. I don't know. Before the season, you would have been like, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a big, that's kind of a tall ask with this team. And then this team is still not living up to what the, to what the, a lot of Steelers fans have. And yeah, that's right. No pigeons, no victory. They were there pregame. I don't know if they should. They were the most pigeons I'd seen. I know. It was like double the flock. Yeah. Uh, Probably because there were so many, they had to do something about it. I don't know. But, uh, they must have come out and I don't know. 
Yeah, the, the, those pigeons. But bottom line is, is this team is not what a lot of, I mean, there were some Steeler fans that were very, let's just say this, ultra realistic with what this team could be this year with with all the with all the changes. And then there was some of us that were very optimistic. I thought I was going full on Homer when the schedule came out when I had them at 10 and 7 and I got accused of being a hater. And I thought that was a total Homer move at the time. But a lot of Steelers fans had higher expectations. The Steelers aren't living up to those expectations. And yet we're really frustrated that they didn't sweep the AFC champions from last year. So I'm not saying saying that we shouldn't be, but that's ultimately what we're looking at because they had the opportunity to do it. They did. They had the chance. Boom. And and there you're talking Mm -hmm. about the the disappointment is the first game of the season was the, was the shock. Yeah. Then it looked like things were playing out where we'd have the opportunity to get the second one. And we let it slip through our fingers. Exactly. That, and that's and that's, that's the thing. The frustrating part. Yeah, that, that is frustrating. And there's parts of this game we're going to talk about. Before we dive into it, let's go ahead, hit the news. The Steelers released a player from the practice squad. It was a defensive, uh, defensive back, Quincy. Why can't I remember Quincy's last name? Um, it's escaping me right now. Do you? Quincy uh, Jones. What, no, it wasn't Quincy Jones. Um, and of course, well, you know, Jeff. Jeff Quincy Wilson. And, Wilson, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Quincy Wilson, in, in classic Jeff Hartman style, you don't put the name in the headline of the article, so you have to click on it to see who it was. Um, but yeah, Quincy Wilson, no other player was signed to the practice squad. That's interesting. Um, but th- that might tell me that they have something they're planning there. Um, I don't know. So that was one move. Coach Tomlin spoke today. He gave an update on the injuries. Didn't mention Akella Witherspoon. Uh, not surprised that he didn't. That one still, still just kind of baffles me. Yep. I mean, four games out, half back for a half a game, two games out. I, I don't know. But he didn't mention Akella Witherspoon, but he kind of did indirectly with, with one of the other ones. Because the first one he brought up was – um Miles Boykin with the with the abdominal um said that you know he should he should be able to work his way back plus he outlined remember the Steelers have an extra day he says and in essence is an extra day and a half for guys to get better be, you know get better and work their way back in uh then he brought up Jalen Warren and this is where he indirectly kind of mentioned something with a killer witherspoon because he called it I have it written down here I'm going to have to quote it directly he called his hamstring injury da, 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 um, where is it um not a significant hamstring injury which to me tells me not on the level of a killer witherspoon that's keeping out of much but coach Tomlin also did not rule out that it could hold him out of this game the way he said it. He said specifically, um, I can't read my head right, so I'm just going, not going to say specifically that that That's it was okay, Dave. <laughs> nobody else can read your no one else can read my handwriting either. Um, that that it was that it's one of those things. It could it doesn't mean that it won't hold him out this weekend, um, coming up, but he'll have the opportunity, but it's not significant in that you're looking at that's the way I read into it, that you're not talking about an uh, an Akella Witherspoon 2.0. But that also doesn't mean he'll play this week. And then there was Mason Cole. He basically said he's hoping that he can work his way back to play. So and we've seen that with Mason Cole. He's got a foot injury. They're not calling it a, that, you know, that that vile wench, Liz Frank. They're not calling it that. But it is a mid-foot injury. 
So it's one of those things where he could not be practicing early in the week, but he could work his way back. He's done that several times this, this season so far. Um, and that was all that was mentioned with the injuries. Ooh, so that was the news. Um, anything else? I mean, anything else that, that you think we really need to highlight? I will t- tell you this. I'm really glad. I don't blame them for asking the question in this case because the Steelers are facing the Colts. But Coach Tomlin was asked straight up about, about the hiring of Jeff Saturday. And a lot of people that were up uh, upset about that within the, the coaching ranks. And Coach Tomlin did not take the bait. He says, my opinion on this matter doesn't matter. His opinion doesn't matter. So he did a nice job with that. Yep. Um, so let's get – anything else you want to talk other than to get back into this last game? Yeah, yeah let's get into it. Yeah. So uh, it was – it was okay. I have several things things to ask. Um, because I highlighted this on my, on my last minute thoughts podcast, I said, one of the important things to look at is how the Steelers manage the end of the first half is Cincinnati going to be getting the second half kickoff or the Steelers going to not manage the clock in the way where they give Cincinnati enough time to do something at the end. Well, Cincinnati did have enough time to do something in the end after the Steelers scored inside of two minutes. But that wasn't the Steelers. That wasn't on the Steelers. The Steelers ran a play. The Bengals called timeout. Then the Steelers scored a touchdown. They did what they had to do. It wasn't that the Steelers ran a play and they called timeout and saved time for the Bengals. The Bengals knew what they were going to do, which kind of told the Steelers, hey, don't worry about running time. But you take the touchdown to tie up the game whenever you can oh, get it. yeah. You Absolutely. Score, you score the touchdown when you can score it. Yeah, and, what, and I thought to myself, well, they are giving them an awful lot of time. And the Bengals had just scored a 92-yard touchdown drive. So I'm like, that's a lot of time, but there's, but it's nothing that the Steelers did wrong. And then they got the interception. They weren't in field goal range yet, but they were getting there. They were around midfield. But the Steelers got the takeaway. And rather than giving up seven or three points, they managed to get down and get three of their own. And they even had one play to take a shot at the end zone before they had to settle for the field goal. Yeah. If they'd have had, if they'd have had another player or two, I think they might have been able uh, to finagle things to to maybe get in the touchdown zone. But getting ten points in the last two minutes—when's the last time you saw the Steelers do that? It's been a while. It's been quite a while. That that actually was probably my highlight from the game. Yes. Because the Steelers have had that happen to them so many times. Where not only that and. They didn't quite highlight it because what really would have highlighted it ultimately is to put seven, if not at least three, points on the board because you start with the ball to start the second half. That would have been the cherry on top of the icing on the cake. Um, But that didn't happen, and that's kind of started a bad sequence for the Steelers. But that's just... Yes, because the Steelers got back-to-back points 10 points in the last two minutes of the first half received the second half kickoff and did what nothing what three did? now yeah yeah three now three now that's what you can't yeah. do yes so we'll get into the into oh. how things went into the second half let's let's focus a little bit more on the first half so that was encouraging the way that the Steelers handled the 
the end of the first half. That I had not seen them do that in so long. And overall, what 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 were your thoughts of the Steelers in the first half going, you know, rolling into halftime with that three-point lead? What was that? Say what again? were your overall thoughts of the Steelers on the, oh. on the first for the first half? Um the first thing that came to my mind was wow, we scored 20 points in a half. In a half. That was that was the first thing. And then the yeah. second part was like, whoa, we actually have the lead yeah. at halftime. Yes. After the way that game had started out and the way it was going, to then be like, whoa, we have the lead. Yeah. And of course, I, what I was sitting yeah. there thinking also was good. Now let's come out with the ball in the second half and let's blow the doors off this thing. Yeah. And, and not only that, I mean, the Steelers defense gave the offense, the ball back to go down and get that field goal, but they didn't, it's not like they set them up in field goal range, which that, that was the second half. The Steelers offense still had to move the ball down the field. Yeah. Nice play to Pat Frermuth. He was nominated for angry runs with that one, where he just kind of uh, still ducked under some defenders and kept going and 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 got the Steelers down in field goal range. That was so encouraging. That is that is the the best offense I think I'd seen from the Steelers all year. Not just the first half, but especially the second quarter of that game. Um, really showed what the Steelers' offense is capable of doing. You got to also look at the defense. They gave up 17 points in the first half. And it was kind of overshadowed by the fact that the offense had 20. Yes. That the defense, I mean, they had already given up seven more points than they had the previous week. So there was a little bit of a concern, but... I wasn't overly concerned because what did the Steelers do the previous week? The second half is when the defense just went lights out. And I thought, this is who this team is. They did what they have. They have a lead at halftime. They didn't have a lead at halftime the week before. They were tied. Yeah, They had a lead at halftime. I'm like, this defense, I want to see this pattern. <laughs> that didn't happen. Yep. That didn't happen. So the second half was, was, was a little bit more discouraging because, you know, the defense gave up even more points yep. and the, the offense just, just couldn't get it going. So the, the, the added frustration there is, you know, we, we talked about earlier in the season, like, man, you know, the defense is going to have to hold teams under, under 20 for the offense, to be able to score enough points for them to win. Well, all they had to do is hold them under 30 and they didn't do it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's, that's what they had to do. And it's really interesting how, how come like the two games that really stand out for being the best games that the Steelers secondary has played was Tampa Bay and new Orleans and your all pro safety didn't play in either of those games. So that's that's kind of in that you know that's I, I'm not I'm not saying it's a cause and effect, but you have to start to wonder what, what what's going on there a little bit. And for for those that are wondering, they're like I know Brian Anthony Davis said Micah Fitzpatrick was invisible in this game. To me, Micah Fitzpatrick was avoided in this game. 
So you could say yeah. him being on the field, he made a difference because you you could actually cut down where they were going to go because they weren't going his way. Minka Fitzpatrick was the only member of the Steelers secondary. If you look at their PFF grades, like I said, PF grade, I just know him because I do the article on him. The one for the defense is coming out tomorrow. But he was the only member of the secondary that got a, that got an above the line grade. The line is sixty point zero. He is the only one who got above that. So it's not, and usually they grade Minka horrible if he doesn't have splash plays because they don't always understand what he's doing. But in this case, he was he was had the best coverage grade and everything else. So it wasn't that Minka was playing bad. It's just the Bengals were playing smart. Um. So sometimes you do have to, you know, tip your cap to the other team a little bit that they were playing smart. They were going away uh, from Minka Fitzpatrick and they were really, they were picking on two guys and more than anything. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. For the most in, the, part. in the past. I mean, to me, they were picking on Robert Spillane, especially more early and Arthur Millette. Yep. How does Arthur Millette continually get, be the guy matched up on one of their times. He was either, how many times is he on either T Higgins or Tyler Boyd? Yeah. 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 That's what's, that's what's really frustrating. Well, was it that he was matched up or were they just, you know, in his zone? Well, I, I think it was, it was being very intentional, very intentional about going after, you know, trying to get those players on the field. Cause think about it. Who, what's Mallette really known for? He's not, he was the, he's the Mike Hilton nickel. Yeah. And the, and the Bengals know what that is. They have Mike Hilton. The Steelers should have been matching up George Pickens on. I mean, they, they set up George Pickens on Mike Hilton. They should have been trying to do that more. And, and, and I, I have a question about that shortly, but to me, it's, it's like, the Bengals set up to try to get a specific matchup and the Steelers say, okay, we'll give it to you. And I feel like that's been the case for years and years and years. They're going all the way back to John Bostick on Keenan Allen. Yep. <laughs> you know, that yep. if you want, if you want to force the Steelers to do something on defense, they do it. But I don't think that's just the Steelers. I think that goes, that happens a lot. But my thing is, can't you try to get ahead of that? Or, or is, or if, or if you can't, can't you do that yourself on offense? Like we've talked about using a jumbo package that you then go five wide yeah, because you had players to do it, um, making them put a certain defense on the field and then doing something that that defense is not equipped to cover. And the reason I bring that up is this, I would have loved if seen, you know, Forcing Mike Hilton to have to, to cover George Pickens or, or uh, more than more than because when he did, he had that pass interference call, um, which might have been a little ticky tack, but still. Is the reason that the Steelers aren't getting that? Is it one, we, we don't see that that's their plan and they don't have that plan? Two, they're just, or is it that they're trying to, the offense is trying to keep their head above water enough? that you can't force the other team to do that because you're just trying to do what you can do yourselves? Or is it three? It's just flat up not schemed that way. I think, honestly, I think it's number three. 
I think it's a combination of two and three. Uh, and I'm not saying equal. I'm not saying equal. No, but yeah. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just teams are trying to constantly play that cat and mouse game and get the matchups that they want. And it seems like teams are able to play that game and win it against the Steelers. And the Steelers at times aren't even trying, you know, offensively aren't even trying to play it. Yeah. I feel like the Steelers are are weeks behind where their offense should be. Coach Chom was asked about that today, and he's like, "Yeah, there was, but but part of that is the way they handled their quarterback situation, which I say, which I, I'm I'm still of the mindset. Nothing is nothing has come out that has made me think otherwise. That I don't think it was Coach Tomlin that made that decision of when that happened. I think Coach Tomlin wanted to slow play slow play Kenny Pickett based on his offseason comments of he did not want a rookie quarterback. He wanted a veteran." And let and let a rookie learn. And they didn't let the rookie learn long enough. And the offense had not e- not gotten comfortable enough outside of the quarterback position to be better with to make a change at quarterback. So it was that, like that I will agree with. It's like in week five, they had to do a complete reset. The offense wasn't good enough to say, hey, we're already five weeks into this. We can carry a quarterback. They weren't. So to me, you either needed to wait longer or should have just started it from the beginning yep. and let them all grow together. And I think that's why the Steelers are, quote unquote, behind on offense right now with their scheme. And honestly, I don't think their coordinator is doing them any favors. You know, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not, I, I'm not with, I don't have my torch and pick torch and pitchfork that bad, but he's not doing them any favors. He is, he is. I do. Some I'm things work done. for you and some things works against you and some things are just neutral. He's not even up to a point of being neutral. Now he comes out, the Steelers have two weeks to prepare for a game and their offense, you know, looks like they know exactly what they're doing, but then they turn around to this one and they even look like they knew what they were doing for a half and then they but they couldn't sustain it. Yep. Uh, there you go. I'm more with Brian Brown pitchforks. Pitchforks and torches, baby. Pitchforks and torches. I don't have a pitchfork, but I got plenty of deer antlers laying around. Yeah. They'll do the job. And the and when I say I'm not on, you know, um, pitchforks and torches, it's for it. It's for something to happen right now, because I, I I I'm just I honestly don't know that making a change there. Yes, it might be bad, but I don't think it would be any better, just because of yeah. the amount of change. But I tell you what, but I'm ready. I, I'm. They there's still what seven more games to change my mind, but if the season ended the day, then I would be torches and pitchforks because to me that's the time to make the change. Oh yes, when, so when the, when the last seconds have ticked off the clock for the Steelers season, I will have torch in one hand, pitchfork in the other. Yeah, so it's just it's 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 frustrating, but. Coach Tomlin said today when they asked him about the whole notion, you know, who was, was J- Jermaine Pratt that said them that, well, well, we they they only run a few plays. We knew what they were doing. Coach Tomlin's answer to that is, when you when you're the one making plays, of course you feel that way. It's like we felt like we knew what they were doing, uh, but when you don't make the play on it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So. Yeah. The only thing I'd argue against Coach Tomlin on that is that, oh, you know, 
the one jet sweep play. I mean, so honestly, the Bengals knew it was coming. The guy, you know, the guy should have been taking the fake down inside and doesn't even do it. Like he just immediately jumped outside because he knew the jet sweep was coming. Boom. Got it. You know, if yeah, that one was obvious, but it, notice that was, right. they only ran it one time. Correct. They only ran it one time, but uh, yeah, I mean, the Bengals played like a team that had two weeks to prepare for the Steelers, you know, and the Steelers, you know, we're, we're, we're with them for a half. We're with them for a half. But I, you know, I, I do the the game changing moment um, article after every game that the Steelers lose. You know, what was it was basically it was going to be called Turning Point, but at the time, uh, KT Smith was writing an article called Turning Point that was a little bit different, and then he stopped writing that article because another Steelers outlet, basically, a week after or like days after he did it took his concept basically almost even copied his intro to it and 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 stole the series to do themselves almost copied his setup to it word for word so he just decided you know what it's not worth it I'll do something else but I I that's what I would call it is almost like the turning point or the tipping point there was a lot of them that, that there were options for in the second half and most of them fell on the offense but when you really go back and look at it, the defense gave up 37 points. So where do you lay the Steelers coming up short on, on this game? Because when you look at specific moments, it was a lot of times where the offense came up short. But the defense gave up 37 points. I was not a fan of the defensive scheme in this game. Mm-hmm. I was not. Um, I noticed, you know... Um, you know, we the Steelers tend to play a lot of zone, and the zone works great when you can. You know, we you could. Yeah, you know, the Steelers like to defend that with with rush four, drop seven, and that can work if your front four can get home. But our front four weren't getting home, mm-hmm. based on what based on what the Bengals were running for for route combinations. Yes, like the Bengals always had it set up so that Burrow had somebody in a soft spot in the zone by the time the rush would get there. So he was always able to get rid of the ball. The few times that I did notice we were in man, the Bengals motioned everything. It was almost like they had plans. I mean, she was the one time they took Spillane clear out to the freaking boundary mm-hmm. and then threw the ball out, out there. It was like, boy, you made it so obvious that it's man when they saw Spillane start to follow him. And then it was almost like the Bengals had the plan was, well, if he follows me, Man, let's take him way out wide and let's see if we can exploit it. Yeah. You know, uh, um, just, I don't know, just was not, was not thrilled defensively with the game plan. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> if you read KT Smith's article at BehindTheSoCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, that was out this morning, his three and out article, which is the, which is the series that he, replaced the turning point series with he mentioned that the Steelers played mainly zone in the first half played a fair amount of zone in the first half in the second half they switched to man to man in order to generate more pressure um that's that was his assessment of how it went throughout the game but it, it's interesting because when you look at specific moments a lot of them were on the offense 
that kind of let the game get away. But that's only because the defense, there wasn't really one big play or one big thing. They just were constantly giving up yards and allowing the Bengals to drive the ball. Well, it was wasn't it, one, just one specific thing you could pinpoint as much. Was it one of the articles on BTSC or something that I was reading where somebody was like, you know, the whole, the whole bend but break defense is a good idea. The problem was the Steelers on Sunday were bending and then breaking. And then breaking. Meaning, meaning that they were allowing the Bengals to score touchdowns instead of holding them to field goals. And that's something Coach Tomlin highlighted today. He's like, we we did not hold them to field goals nearly enough, is what he said. Um, and I agree. Uh, we And actually, Jeffrey Benedict and I have our Vertex article coming out. It's coming out tomorrow on Wednesday. Sometimes it doesn't come out till Thursday, but with that being a holiday, we wanted to, to go ahead and, and get it done a day sooner. It's actually about the Steelers giving up so much yardage to running backs in the passing game. Yeah. Because ultimately the Steelers shut down the run again. In the two weeks since the bye, they have not given up 100 yards combined. They've not given up 100 yards combined between the two games. And they did a good job of shutting down the run game. Now you say, well, Joe Mixon, you know, he he was hurt. But you know what? He, he wasn't doing much no, in the run game not. before he got hurt. So they were doing a good job shutting down the run, but the Bengals used the philosophy of, hey, your front your front five or front four when you're in sub-package, they're great. It's hard for our running backs to avoid them. So we're just going to use them in the passing game to by having your front four rush or front five rush and getting it to our running backs in space where all they have to do is deal with the, the linebackers, whoever's or whoever's matched up on them. That was their philosophy. So they, it's funny because I know um, it was, in the, but in how, the how many show. times, how many times was it just straight? What I call straight swing passes where yeah. the running back just straight up outran the coverage. Yeah. That shouldn't yep. happen. Well, and, and, uh, where where was it? Was it was in I think it was in Kevin's article today that he showed on the one touchdown pass how the how the one receiver, the, the guy they brought up from the practice squad that caught a touchdown, um came in and basically picked Miles Jack on the one touchdown pass to P Ryan because even though they were all there, they knew that's who was going to cover him. And it was just enough to get him get him into the end zone. Yep. Um, on the one touchdown, Robert Spillane had him for a one yard gain and didn't make the play. And he ends up scoring. Yeah. Yep. So their running backs were able to elude the Steelers linebackers, who I will tell you for PFF wise, because I, I just finished the article tonight. That's why I'd say that they had terrible coverage grades, as we would expect, because they weren't doing well in coverage. And that's something that the Bengals exploited. So I have some more questions for you here that are things to things um, to discuss. But before we do, we're going to go ahead and take our break. We So if you're here with us on YouTube, Facebook, we're not going anywhere. Just give us a few seconds. If you're with us on the audio side, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we are back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, with the second half of the Scobro Show. This is behind the steel curtain editor, Dave Schofield. Rich, still can't breathe it in, but how you doing? You know, when you take that little pause for 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 our sponsors there, yeah, I want to break into my own, you know, to my own own, own raise your hand. <laughs> no, actually, no. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I'm, okay. I'm. Should I do it for you and let you and uh, and let you let you remember from way back in the day? Okay. Uh, I, I want to break into. Hi, dude. <laughs> Are you lonely? <laughs> you oh. know what? I actually thought about referencing um, something else from that album at one you point on a podcast. Me. I thought maybe I shouldn't. Uh, which what, what was the name of that one? That album? That uh, was the um, one we listened to. Huh? I don't even remember right now. I just know well, it's Cheech and Chong. Yeah. In case you guys are wondering, it, from it, 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 Dorm Radio, yeah, D O R M, broadcasting uh, live from the basement of the science. That's building. what I was going to do. The basement of the science building. I was going to reference that at one point. Like no one's going to know what I'm talking no, about. No, so it's I don't yeah. know. every yeah. time. Every time you break there, I just want to go. Yeah, hi, hi dude. dude. <laughs> Are you lonely? Yeah. Uh, Cheech Marin, gotta love it. Anyway, uh, let's get back to the Steelers. Okay, back to the Steelers. Okay, so, so I, I needed something to make me laugh. So, so. We're, we're still going to be talking about this game because I have plenty of questions, but let's get to kind of the main crux of the title of the show, trying to figure out this Steelers 2020, the 2022 team. What's their, what, what's their identity? <coughs> did, you th- did you think you had an idea who they were last week? Only to be squashed this week that's how i feel or you know what i don't i don't know i want to say their identity is what the invisible man because every time i think i see him i see something different (laughs) every time i think i got it nailed down i see something different i mean is the identity of this team uh trying to rebuild the offense that's okay if that's the identity of this team you know, that that's the goal is to, is to do everything you can to try to re- I thought the identity of this team, it, it was, we're going to, sh- we're going to shut you down, keep you from scoring points and see if we can do enough with our offense to pull it out. That every, did not happen. Every <laughs> time I think that's what we are, the very next game yeah. we show that that's not even close to what we are. Yeah. And I mean, I felt like, like I said, especially I still go back to the to the second half of the Saints game where they gave up forty seven yards, um, to, you know, and just didn't let them come across midfield in the entire second half. That that's kind of the identity um, 
of, of the Steelers, that they're going to have a defense that's going to give the offense fits. I feel that I don't know if it's the if it's just the familiarity with the Bengals have with the Steelers. I don't know if it's that Joe Burrow is really that good. I do think he's very good um, or what it is, but I feel like the Steelers defense did not control things when they were on the field. They, the, the Bengals offense were controlling things and the Steelers had to react. That's not how I felt the week before I felt that the Steelers defense was controlling it. And the, and the saints were like, Holy crap, what are we even going to be able to do here? Because everything we do, they do this. It wasn't that way this week. So maybe that's not the Steelers' identity. Maybe it is, but they just didn't have it this week, and they can get back to it. I don't know. But I don't think the identity of this of this team is saying, hey, a rookie quarterback is just going to go out there and, and just let it fly, and that's what's going to carry us to victory every week. I, I don't think that's – the identity of the team either. Uh, it, it's, I, I'm with you. I, I thought the whole thing was, was the defense was to really try to shut people down. And I, I'm not saying that we had to hold the Bengals to 47 yards like we did the Saints the week before, but we went from playing against a team where it looked like our defense was trying to dominate their will on a team yeah. to a team where we were sitting back just hoping they mm-hmm. didn't pick us apart. Which, and in doing that, they picked us apart. Which is what I felt like. Remember how how I kind of called Coach Tomlin something specific when he coaches yes. against Bill Belichick? Yes. Um, that that they were reactionary. And I also felt that, that the Steelers were reactionary this week, but I don't think it was the plan to be reactionary, which I felt like it was against against that that ridiculous team up north. I felt that it was – I felt that the Bengals forced them to be that way. I feel like the Bengals, you know, they enforced their will on the Steelers. Not that the Steelers just kind of let them do it, but the Bengals were able to do that. So, whew, man, um, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, let's see. I have a, let's see what other questions do I have here. Okay, here, so here you go. So you look at this past game – and you look at those moments. The Steelers come out three and out. But what they do to start the second half? But what they do to the Bengals? Right, three and out, three and out. Defense, and that's what I'm like. Yep, here we go. Now offense, you you were there. Now let's get it going. Three and, three out. and out, three and out. Yep. So and then give it back to them. Touchdown. Yep. Lost the lead. Lost the lead. Um, that it's just yeah, very frustrating. Then the then the Steelers come back. Was it was it uh I I I can't remember how they're all playing out now. I'd have to look it up. But I do remember the Steelers were down four points when TJ Watt got the interception. You know, they were they were down, they were down that much. They were down, they were down. Four points. TJ Watt gets the interception, sets them up on the 21 yard line. But that was already in the fourth quarter, wasn't it? Because the Steelers did the Steelers not score in the third quarter? It's kind of all running together. I, I had it up and it disappeared on me. I have to log back in um to stuff. Yeah, hold, hold but it was, but you know, it, it's kind of all running together. But 
to to have the ball with the 21, given the ball at the 21 yard line of your opponent down four points, you have to score. Yep. And they didn't even get a first down, kick yep. the field goal, and you're still losing. Yep. And then after that, they get what happened on the next drive. They gave up the field goal to go back to four points. So, yeah. So Okay, so third quarter, it went three and out. Oh, sorry. The Bengals weren't a three and out. They were a four and out. Oh, that's they right. Gained, they were a four they and out. They got, yeah, they got a first down on, on the very first On play. the very first play. Yeah. And then the, then the Steelers held them, and then back to the Steelers, and they only get six yards, and they punt. And then, then like I said, this, the Bengals turn around, score a touchdown. The Steelers get the ball back, three and out again. So there was another three and out even before the field goal. I couldn't remember the order of operation between those two. And, and then and they, that, then was the interception. Yeah. And te- yeah. then was the interception. Yeah. But then technically, hold on, I got to look at the field goal. The field goal was technically three. another three and out. Yeah. Well, it, well, it was a three and kick. Yeah. Technically, they when they do stats, they I don't know. count a punt as an offensive play. Right. But they do count a field goal as an offensive play. Right. That's the only difference. It was right. still three and a kick. Yep. There was still a drive with no first downs. And then the 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 Bengals come back. They move the ball. They only move the ball 22 yards, but they got a 54-yard field goal. Right. Got a 54-yard field goal. And then what happened? The Steelers actually did get a first down on the next drive. That next drive was the one that 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 was er because they were looking to go three and out again, and they he they completed the the deep pass to George Pickens. Yes, and I in mentioned the, this on the post game show into Cincinnati territory. They were he they were ripping at the ball and everything else with that when he went out of bounds. Do you think there was any question as if he might not have had full control? Do you think they went fast for that reason or that they got a first down and they just wanted to use tempo? I think they just got a first down and wanted to use tempo. Yeah. Yeah. So so that happened. And then so the, the, the flea flicker. <laughs> yeah. It was a flea flicker. Now, to me, the problem with the flea flicker is, and this was something that, that was brought up even in in, in the comments of, of KT's article and this, because it was something that he said, I, I, you know, I could have everyone in the live chat, and everything, tell me one thing and Kevin Smith, tell me something else. And I'm going to go with Kevin. Sorry, live chat. Um, or anyone else, even on the staff of BTSC. That's how much respect I have for the knowledge of KT Smith. But one thing he, he said, is like the way they ran that play did not look like it was a play that they practiced very often. And if you're going to run, if you're going to rush to the line of scrimmage, you want to run a play that you're confident in. That to me, that was the mistake. You know, if you want to try the flea flea, I mean, if there's still people saying, you know, if if Najee would have pitched it back to him better, uh, that there might have had the opportunity to actually hit one of the receivers out there. The only good thing about that play is that they didn't take a sack, they didn't throw a turnover, they didn't have a fumble, they threw it away. It was a wasted play. You know, but to me, if you're going to run up and run a play quickly and you want to waste it, you might as well just hand it off. Which is what they did on the next play. Which is what they did <laughs> on the next play when and I even said 
I'm sitting here. I was in by myself, and I and I said, and here comes a handoff to Najee. Yeah, and the snap happened, and they go back to hand off to Najee, and everybody in the Bengals knew they were going to hand it off to Najee for minus two yards. Yeah. Now it's third and twelve. Third and twelve. Not a good place to put your put your um, rookie quarterback. And they did that too much. They put him in third and long in the second half. Yep. Or. If you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, which if you are, why are you listening to this one tonight? You could say they forced him into third and long. We look at it as the Steelers' shortcomings. Could it have been some nice plays by the Bengals' defense? That That's possible. But to me, I'm going to focus on what the Steelers should have done. So that was frustrating that, that after that play, they had that. Then they had to punt. Then, then you had the... Um, I think they got the ball. They got the ball back after that one. Um, yeah, that was a three and out. That was a negative three yard drive that the Steelers, because they had them pinned deep. That was the Renegade. Yes. The, that after Renegade, it was the five, it, it was the, the 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 five yard penalty. They gained two yards after that, and they got the punt in their own territory and did nothing. Nothing. And I believe Nothing. on that one. And on that one, I was like, and the offense just wasted the renegade. Yes. The defense did the job with the renegade. They did the, the job with the renegade. Did the job with the renegade. Got the Steelers the ball back in Cincinnati territory. And and I mean it's deflating. It's it's deflating. It really is. And yes. what happens? Then the Steelers give up a 93-yard drive and it's a two-score, two-score game. So it's funny when you look at specific moments where someone then- came up short. And then a lot of it's the offense. Even then, Mm -hmm. then it goes back to two score game, right? And the Steelers get the ball back there and do what? Four and out. Yeah. Here's the thing about that, about that 93 yard drive. (sighs) That it started on their own seven. The Bengals never got to third down. They did not. Nope. run a single third down play on that try. Yeah. Yeah. Basically the, basically it was a drive where the Bengals just did what they wanted. Yeah. And the Steelers couldn't do a thing about it or didn't yeah. do a thing about it. Yeah. I mean, the defense still has to go out and play, but man, that had to be deflating to go out on renegade, get, get your offense, the ball in plus territory just to have nothing. So, yeah. I mean, and but it's it's a results driven league. That's what it is. I got a couple more questions for you here before we get to our scores. Here here's something that that coach Tomlin talked about about the upcoming game. He talked about the the Colts having um a shutdown corner in Stefan Gilmore that will that will move around the field. He will follow a receiver. If you're playing the Steelers, who are you following? Yeah. I don't know. Just pick somebody. I'm following George Pickens probably. Is it Pickens or is it Deontay Johnson? I'm probably following. If I'm the defensive coordinator, I'm probably following Pickens. I I wouldn't be shocked if it's going to be Deontay Johnson because he's a been there, done that receiver. Where Pickens, you're like, well, he's still a rookie. Is he really going to do everything? Blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. I just think that's an interesting question. I don't know that I have a good answer to it. But if you're if you're following a Steelers receiver, 
as a, with your top cornerback, who you try to take out of the game? Chase Claypool. Oh, Chase wait Claypool. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. So, um, uh, not Pat for our move. Um, here, here we go. If the if the Steelers come down to the end of the game Monday, because this is us transitioning into this week to talk about that briefly. Yep. If it comes down to the end of the game Monday night, where the Steelers need a uh, need to pull it out at the end, who do you feel more confident to be on the field, the offense needing the score, or the defense having the score? Oh, the good score? gracious! After after the game the other day, no clue. Flip a I don't know either. Flip, yeah. flip, flip a coin. It's probably equally ugly. Well, if you'd asked me it, yeah. two weeks ago, I'd have said I definitely want the defense on the field. But yeah. from what I saw the last game, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I think you're I wait. think you're right. What? Oh wait. No, sorry. Boz wait. isn't there. No, 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 no. The game's not in Pittsburgh. I was gonna say. The pigeons. The pigeons. <laughs> you want you want the pigeons. Yeah. Honestly, hopefully by the time that would happen Monday night, you'd get a better feel maybe, for the game of what you pack, you have more pack some pigeons up and take them with us. Yeah. Yep. So um Sherry Richard says, I still trust TJ. You know? Yeah. To me, if the game is on the line and you have to have that stop at the very end, I mean, I still look back at that Seattle game last year where TJ Watt. I mean, he had the strip sack. I mean, he took them out of field goal range and then on the next drive had a strip sack. Yeah. Like imposed his will um, to, to, to win. So I, I'm probably, I would Sherry, still lead Sherry, towards I'm the defense. Yeah. Sherry, I'm, I'm definitely with you because that's where, that's where your biggest stars are. That's where you would hope that in the moment they would come through and shine that someone like, you know, a TJ or Cam Hayward or Mega Fitzpatrick is going to step up and make the play. Yeah. Yep. Who? Yeah. This is this is a tough one. And you know what? I, I find myself with different expectations for different things. I really do. I mean, there's a. I had high. I mean, you and I talked about we were not satisfied in the Saints game with Kenny Pickett's inaccuracy. When you take a throw and you throw it behind a receiver. You're like, you know, it's just one throw. But when but when an offensive lineman whiffs on a block, do we say it's just one block? Or do we say they're terrible? We need to replace them. When when a cornerback makes a lot of plays and then gives up that one big pass, do we say, well, it was only one pass? Or do we say they stink, get him out of there? I feel like that. I'm to a point now, I'm like, how much do we want to excuse, you know, play in one place versus another? I do think experience has a lot to do with it because I think the George, a lot of people are a little bit more forgiving of the George Pickens drop at the end of the game than they would be if that would have been a Deontay Johnson. Yeah. I think so, based on years' experience, just from just from the feel that I get from people. Uh, however, I'd ask this: Yeah, would would people be making a bigger deal about it now had the Steelers not gone on and scored a touchdown on a drive? Yeah, yeah, but did I mean, the they, touch, were, they did, were down two scores, but yeah, right. the touchdown did, helped. But did the touchdown at the end erase that from people's minds? 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, people were talking about TJ Watt. And yeah, they're like, you know, who, who, someone said it's gone. They said he's a cheat. Mark Tobin says, says TJ is a cheat code because Steel Dog 88 said that interception against Burrow from TJ was amazing. Uh, the second time this season he's done that. I know. That's what's crazy. He's intercepted Joe Burrow twice. And they, uh, were, they both looked very similar. Just, yeah. Yeah. That's just crazy. Yeah. Just, I think in my knee jerk, I, I said, you know, just TJ Watt is the, is a freak. Yeah. And I've decided that offensively that George Pickens is a freak. Yeah. And uh, here, Jer- Jeremy Betts is, is uh, in the live chat. He's on Facebook actually here. Where, where did it go? It went away. Uh, there it is. Hey, you, you made it go uh, away. Go ahead. Well, you couldn't said, find it. No, You're I like, found it. Go? And I was one, right I on it. on it three times and it wouldn't come up. Yeah. Um, he says, what up, bros? Do the Steelers get that score if it's garbage, if it's not garbage time? I don't know, but people want to people want to just want to say, well, that they had a garbage time touchdown. You know what? That's true. But there's but when to me, what makes it truly garbage time is when if you score it, you're still down multiple scores. Say that it's a garbage time touchdown in in one of those crazy comeback games earlier in the season. Well, I mean, I, I can't remember how it played out. Was it was it the 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 Jets? And uh, was it the Jets and the Browns with that with one that was yeah. crazy? Where I'm like, you you could have said, oh well, that's a that's just a garbage time score. Well, you know what they did? They then turned it around and 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 made a huge play to then turn around and take the lead because of it. So even though you say it's garbage time, anytime you can get it to within one score, it's not the same level of garbage time. I admit, yeah, they will give you they will give you the touchdown if it takes no, if if you take no. long enough to do it. Typically, they're not even giving you the touchdown. They're, they're in that. Mm-hmm. Typically, they're still in that. We'd love, to, you know, you can move it down the field. We'll get into this certain range. We'll tighten up and force you to either kick a field goal or have to go for it on fourth down. And they were unable to get the Steelers to that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's just yeah. like, hey, well, but I can't. If you're saying it's a, it's garbage time. How do you let a guy behind you like that where Pickens could have had that touchdown? That's that's what you that's the one thing you're avoiding if it's quote unquote garbage time. The quick score and the Steelers almost had it, but it would all come down to an onside kick. I'll be honest with you. Matthew Wright's onside kick, that's better than any I've seen from Boz. Boz yeah. has had some pretty crummy onside kicks, but he got he got the hop, hop, and the bounce. Right. But it just came in, you know, Pickens came in with his, I don't think that that was that malicious, but he did something he should not have done. Yeah. So it, it is what it is. He'll get fined. Uh, I don't think he's going to get suspended. Um, so uh, Jer- Jeremy says he agrees um, that, uh, you know, because if you get that onside kick, the last thing you want to do is uh, is put a team in a situation where an onside kick then either can either have them tie or win the game. Right. So you're you're still trying to accomplish certain things with that, but uh, so it was. I call that semi garbage time, you know. There, but that's really the only time the Steelers moved the ball in the second half. That was it. Uh, I likened what was going on there to teams like at the end of a half, where yeah. They're, they're, the the whole bend don't break. Yeah, and and that still drives me nuts at, at the end of the first half. Oh, oh it really sure does. does. It it's me like, nuts. 
Trust me, that always is so, in the first half. Why mm-hmm. you've played as a defense, you've played the same game plan, especially when it's been a game plan that's been effective, and then you change it at the end of the half and give up points. That's stupid, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But here, I've, I've almost forgot this because I went a long time with looking up other things for what we were doing and almost missed it. We had a super chat from Tyler W., our boy Tyler W., who we got to see at a game last year. $2 into the tip jar. Thank you very much, Tyler. He says, hated that field goal on the Watt turnover. You played away. You. Well, what what do you say? What? What what do you do? You play to win the game. That's what you do. Hello? You play to win the game. Yeah, that's what you do. So uh um it it, it is what it is that 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 was frustrating. That Especially, was extremely frustrating. I I it's not like I feel like they should have gone for it on fourth down. They should have just done better. And and there were there was some breakdown and some people discussing the third down play that Kenny Pickett had Deontay Johnson and he threw it at his feet. Yeah. He didn't get his body turned the right way to actually be able to put to 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 put the velocity on the ball to get it there. It was yeah, it was I, kind I, of a rookie mistake. I, I, yeah, I think I would have been a first down, probably put that at least at the ten yard line. Kenny first. Pickett throws the ball to Deontay Johnson's feet. Yeah, John Day Johnson's feet, which 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 is frustrating because yeah, because I, I that 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 would have been a first down and possibly even a first and goal. Getting a first down there is huge to then try to roll with it. Um that's that's a play you wouldn't have thought would have been that big of a play in the game. That was actually a huge play in the game. But once again, you're asking your rookie quarterback to have to convert a third down. You're constantly asking him to convert the third downs. And that's the situation that the Steelers offense, whether it's play calling, whether it's being more effective on first and second down, has to avoid. It has like, to avoid. It's like the Steelers are approaching everything, every set of downs. You know, they start at first down and they're like, okay, we got three downs to make a first down. And then they make if they make a first down, okay, we got three downs to make another first down. It's it's almost like no thought goes into hey, maybe we can pick up a bigger chunk and not ever have to see third down. Well, look, when when the Steelers got the ball in their own, or sorry, in Bengals territory, that we talked about that drive, that they that they didn't score. The very first play, they got a first down. Najee Harris rushed for 12 yards. Yep, They were on the cusp of field goal range. Then it was the Pat Fairman told, I have yet to see a replay of where he actually held the guy. They just, I just haven't seen it. They didn't show it in game, and so so therefore. You, oh, you, I know. I, I, I was I was mad at that one too. There were a couple times where things happened. They didn't show replay. They didn't show if he actually was held or, or if he held her, and you didn't. It was hard to find in the actual game action. And then you had the the miscommunication on the draw that Najee Harris didn't take the handoff on the draw. Kenny Pickett. I mean, he wisely threw a pass. You know. If not, he's probably going to lose yardage. But you can't blame the offensive line. They caught it on J.C. Asnard. They were all downfield. And if they weren't downfield, it's because they they should have been downfield. They were run blocking. That play, if that handoff comes through, probably works pretty well. But it's just just one of those things. Back him up another five. Then you have Kenny Pickett misfiring on a check down. Then I think it was another misfire on a check down. I'm, I mean, even if you gain five yards on each of those plays, um, it's at least something. But no, that that's, that's just that's, was a disaster. 
between the passes behind receivers and the not being able to even hit the checkdowns yeah. is, is made me very frustrated at Kenny Pickett right now. Those aren't those aren't rookie mistakes in my mm-hmm. mind. Those mm-hmm. are quarterback mistakes. Mm-hmm. Throwing the ball behind receivers and not even be able to complete a checkdown pass. That I mean, doesn't matter. And, and those checkdown passes. That, that's not a rookie thing. You're right. That's not a rookie thing. That's you got to be a good quarterback. Quarterback. That. That's a quarterback mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So. But it's also hopefully be with the quarterback being a rookie, something that they can fix and improve. Um, but that's that you know, uh, Kevin Colbert said, you know, you're a quarterback that's inaccurate isn't suddenly going to come to the NFL and be pinpoint accurate. But that was them talking about how accurate Kenny Pickett was. Well, there's been times he has not been. But if they see that he that that's who he should be, then that may be something that they can fix. So, um, but you know, you're you're going to get them sometimes, but it's just a little bit too frequent right now. So, all right, we got to roll. We're we're running way over tonight. We're running way yeah. over. So, but there there was a lot to break down. Um, let's go with your score for it because it, it doesn't seem like we should be doing this because the game is so far away. We've got a major holiday before then, and the game's not even until Monday night. So, Rich, you definitely have the right to change your score. What's your score going to be? For those of you in the live chat, wait until I put the word um, out there that I'm looking for them, and then we'll run through the scores quickly. Of the Pittsburgh Steelers facing the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis on Monday night. All right. And, yes, I'm going to reserve the right to change mine. Because Absolutely. Right now. We haven't had a single injury report. Still <laughs> that, and I'm still just mad. Okay. I'm just, I'm just right now. Still trying to emotionally get over this last game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am basing everything right now just totally off of what I saw the last game. Yep. I say that this score ends up the Colts 28, the Steelers 24. So you're going Colts 28, Steelers 24. Um, I will be honest with you. The Colts are a team that are doing that that they do a good job of, of keeping teams from scoring. I would not be shocked if it's a low scoring game. So Steel Dog 88 for he's ready to go. He says 21-19 Steelers. Hey, if you don't say a team, we assume it's Steelers, just so you know. Brian Brown says 1917 Steelers. Um and here they come. Okay. Yep, nope. And there, there's Daniel Red, 2114 Steelers. There yep, here we go. Here they come. Harvey Stone says uh Steelers 27 to 20. Thomas Riley says Steelers 33, Colts 24. Ooh, that, that would really go against the trend of both. I'd love to see the Steelers put up 33 points. Um, that would be fantastic. Well, you know what? I thought I thought this one was going to be more low scoring than it was. So I'm not I'm not telling anyone they're crazy for thinking that. Um, Craig J. Lawson says 23-16 Steelers. Steelers Pittsburgh says 18 to 13 Steelers. Uh Great 103 says Steelers 24-21. Mark Tobin says 18-10 Colts. Uh, Joseph Donovan says 30-20 Steelers. Carson Wright says 26-23 Steelers. Uh, Frosty the Bear says uh, Steelers 27, Colts 21. Oh, and the great one, 03, wants to say 24-21 in overtime. Okay. Uh, Rod Neiser says Steelers uh, 20 to 14. There's Kathy. Hey, Kathy, I hope you got my email I sent you. Um, um, 
1714 Steelers. Um, you got to do the next one. I love it. Oh, Felicia. Got to love it. Hey, Felicia. Hey, Felicia. Question to question, Steelers win. I'm a homer. There you go. <laughs> Claude, Claude Bishop says 30 to 24 black and gold. Uh, George Hanover, or Hanover, what did I say? George Hoover says 24 20 Colts. Um, uh, I'm going to bring it up. George OTJ okay. says, "Heaven gave one of my bros on the eleven eight. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure what day of the week that was. He says he and I talked a ton of Steeler ball. Um, yeah, we 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 you there, George. We do. Wait, wait, wave a wave a towel for him. Wave a towel for him. All right. Um, right next. Yeah, Tyler W says their defense is solid. So nineteen to twelve Steelers. Uh, Jay Hanna says seventeen fourteen Steelers. Um." I think Mitch Trubisky is in our live chat. Uh, John Funker says 10 to 9 Steelers. Um, <laughs> that's funny, Tyler. I'm just not going to bring it up. Um, George OTJ says 27 17. He did give us a score then. Thank you, George. Um, Brandon D. McDaniel says 30 to 20 Colts. Uh, Reginald River says 27 20 Steelers. Our, uh, Sherry Richard says 26 24 Steelers. Um, um, Jason Purdy says 23-23 tie. Has there been – what's the last time an NFL team had two ties in a season? Oh, wait a minute. I don't think it was all that long ago, honestly. I, yeah, I'm thinking there was one, but I'm I can't thinking remember of, who it was. I'm, I, something in my brain is telling me it was Cincinnati. It might have been Cincinnati. It might you, – you might be right. That, that's, that's, that sounds familiar. I don't have it in front of me. But Jason Purdy says 23-23 tie. The reason I say this is because the Colts already have a tie this year. Um, um, yeah, so that's that's what we got. We might have a couple more straggling in. Uh, while we do, I'm just going to let everyone know we have pretty much the same schedule going on with the holiday and the Monday night game with the exception of you will not have a Steelers preview on Thanksgiving night. We will have another show. It looks like it's going to be a Q&A. I know um, Brian is going to be handling that. I don't know if anyone else will be with him. We're going to be, do the, be doing the preview Sunday um, to really preview the game the day before, you know, after you get the, the injuries and everything else. We still won't have all the moves. The Steelers are going to have until 4 o'clock on Monday to bring players to the practice squad, you know, activate players. That's what happens on Monday night games. So – other than that, things should be the same. And my and my last minute thoughts, they're not going to be coming um, until, um, unless Brian tells me otherwise. I assume that's going to be on game day because that's a game day podcast. Wow. So um, hey, I got I, um, I to bring I got to bring this up. Well, Rod Neiser said it was the Washington Football Team in 2016. Nope, it wasn't them. Everything right. I'm getting when I when I when I when I googled last NFL team with two ties. Hmm. No team in NFL history has ever had two ties in the same season since it was since overtime was coming overtime. Yep. 1973 had four teams that had two ties. Wow. So he said 2016. I'm trying to find that real quick just to see while I do that. So also make sure you're checking out by the still curtain.com. You want to stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Rich, what do you have to say to finish up, up here tonight? Oh, yeah, Washington guys, only had one in 2016. They only had one. Guys, I, I I know it's a tough time right now to be a Steelers fan. I know we're not seeing this team perform at the level we're used to seeing them perform. 
you know what? This is just one of those years where we're going to have to take one on the chin. We are. Yeah. We're, we're in the midst of taking one on the chin this year. I just hope to see that that we continue to try to work on things so that we don't take another one on the chin next year. Yeah. Um, th- that will be, that's to me is important. Um, you know, to you as our fans that, that come out here, I, I know it's not easy to come sit and listen to these podcasts. It's not near as exciting when the Steelers aren't winning games, Yeah, but a lot of you are here anyway. Why? Cause you love the Steelers. Why are we still here? We love the Steelers. You know, I, I hope you all enjoy your Thanksgiving day. Yes, have eat, a happy Thanksgiving. Eat lots of turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and, you know, pumpkin pie and lounge on your couch and watch football. That's, that's what not the Steelers. Well, I lounge on your couch, though, not my couch. So that's correct. <laughs> you know, and, you know, it, it, take, take it in and just, you know, Try to be there and be hopeful that every week, at least if our Steelers team isn't winning, they're going to come out and they're going to fight. You know, we'll say th- say this, it, it, you know, uh, there's, there's been two games that have really been disappointing to me this year mm-hmm. that weren't any fun. I had no emotion for them, and that was the Bills game and the Eagles game because we just got blown yeah. away. At least in the game from this Sunday, the game was close enough and I saw things that I can get mad about. I'd rather get mad about things because we had the chance to win than to not have. You're exactly right. So, you know, next Monday's going to come invite all your rowdy friends over. um, (laughs) And, you know, wave those towels and cheer on the Steelers. Can't wait. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.